Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Don continues our series, What If Jesus Was Serious? with a sermon titled, What If Jesus Was Serious About the Fruits of the Spirit? From Matthew 7, 13 through 23, scripture is read by Suzanne Opp. Morning. This morning's scripture is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow, and the road is hard, that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns, or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who behave lawlessly. I feel your discipline. I appreciate it. Internalizing that spiritual energy uh, from a choral piece or a prayer and letting it sit inside in silence. Uh, and uh, thank you for that. Amen. Because uh, we want to give some back. And tell some choir folks later uh, what you enjoyed about their music today. Yeah. Pray with me. Uh, wonderful God, thank you for this morning. The great uh, privilege it is uh, to get to speak to this fine congregation, to be together in Christian community, uh, especially today, as we dwell on some challenging and enlightening words of yours. Amen. Uh, good and bad fruit. I, I could sit down. You've already heard a great sermon with wonderful illustrations. We could feel the visceral sense in our bodies about the bad fruit and the repugnancy of it. Great job, Allie. Good job for being willing, Jordan. <clears throat> Mark Twain, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's really not a cognitive issue. Uh, it's the parts I do understand that bother me. Nothing any truer than in Matthew's gospel. It's the first of the gospels. We put it there because even though it came after Mark, it's the best tie to the Old Testament, has the most references to the Old Testament. There's continuity pieces. And today, a great continuity uh, with obedience and faithfulness and the challenge of that. If you think Matthew does a good job of bringing forth the spiritual energy of the prophets, uh, then that's, that's where we are. Uh, it's a really good point. 
Matthew's gospel, um, it features this as well. Let me jump ahead in case you remember this story about the workers in the vineyard. It's out of Matthew 20. Uh, there's a landowner and he needs workers in his vineyard. So he hires a bunch of folk in the morning and says, and I'll pay you this much. And they go, great, wonderful. Later on in the day, uh, he needs some more workers. Uh, so it's noon and he goes and hire a bunch of other workers and says, uh, great, come and join me. And then at the last while, I hope it's not five minutes, maybe it's an hour, he says, I still need some more workers. And they come and join the party. Everyone turns in their fruit. And at the end of the day, he goes to these folks, say, here's your pay. And he gives them a full day's payment. And he goes to the noon arrivals and says, here's your pay. And they say, wow. Great, everyone's happy, a full day payment. Everyone's happy, right? You see where this goes. We can, we can feel it. And he goes to the first ones, and they say, what? What, you did? And there's a beautiful response. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Take what belongs to you and go. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious? because I'm generous. Paul calls this the scandal of grace, and we also are hurt and outraged by grace. We're offended by grace at times. This, is, this feels to me like a, uh, the prodigal son is only in Luke, but this is the prodigal son story from the older son's point of view, the same, same message, right? That it's outrageous that some people are getting better than I got. Um, God's grace can really be an offense to us. Here's a book, I don't know if you know, this book is 40, 40, 30 years old, and it's a children's book called Good Goats. Do you remember how Matthew ends in Matthew 25 with the sheep and the goats, that whole parable, uh, where the goats get cast out into uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth, eternal darkness, because they didn't, minister when there was naked hungry in need um, that, that's where I'm, this is Matthew Matthew has really hard judgmental stories that stick in our imaginations uh, good goats <clears throat> by the way uh, it's from a Catholic couple and I love this because I'm, I'm turning Catholic in the next week I'm going to spend some days uh, at a monastery in Mount Angel Oregon with some Benedictines in silence and then some conversation around ministry with uh, older adults and I forgot until I pulled this out this week, actually off of Jordan's shelf. Um, it's also by Catholic, which is so surprising and delightful because here's the message of the book. Uh, it starts with this. Your view of God shapes you. Your view of God is really important because you start to look like the God you're describing, Right? I thought in a fantasy world where we had more time, I'd grab this mic and we'd go around and say, tell us something new that you think about God that we haven't heard yet because initially we'd hear God's nice, loving judgment. After a while, as we'd go around, we'd say, wow, I've noticed something. That since God is mysterious and vast and in some ways unknowable, that our conversations around God are god language our theology says as much about us 
as it says about God. So we'd go around and find who's talking about God's love, who's talking about God's mercy, who's talking about God's, Rick would be saying, God's a creative God. God create, and after a while we'd go, isn't it peculiar and convenient that Rick would come up with that? And someone else would say, God's a wisdom teacher. And wait, aren't they a retired teacher? And God is with us emotionally and cycle. You could see it unfold. Be careful what you think and feel about God. It shapes you and says a lot about you. Here's an unrelated question. Um, it is really, do people start looking like their dogs? <laughs> if, they, if that's true, that somehow we start choosing dogs that look like us. I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. This is definitely true. And here's a picture, if you can't uh, see it, of a family looking very stern with their own family behind them looking stern and a great picture of God who, guess what? Looks very stern and judgmental. Matthew 25, Lord, I've, I've served you, uh, I believe in you, and that's, it's the parable of the last judgment. It is about the harshest, is it, it's the harshest judgment in all of scripture, I believe, and it's in our Matthew, where we are these few weeks before Easter. I won't, I don't know you, this comes from this morning's text as well, these faithful Christians, followers, I don't know you, I don't care what you said, because uh, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was hungry, uh, you did nothing for me. When I was in prison, you didn't come to visit me. When I was sick, you didn't help me. And they'll say, the goats will say, Lord, when did we, <laughs> if we'd known it was you, when did we see you? And if you remember the answer, it's in as much as you did it to the least of these, you were doing it to me. And then, go out away from me into the eternal judgment uh, where there's eternal darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yikes. That's a text to keep you up at night. I, I do want to suggest, though, that there's, uh, there's mercy in this. Um, it's a surprising mercy about non-Christians, right? And then he'll turn to the sheep and he'll say, come on, come to the big table. We're so welcome in here. And they'll say, us. Lord, I, didn't even, I don't even know you. I haven't been following you. I haven't had the right cognitions. about When did we ever see you naked or thirsty? And the Lord will say, inasmuch as you fed these and clothed these, and it's really a remarkable passage. It's the landowner saying, your theology doesn't matter. I care what you're doing. It's a horrible passage for theology teachers, right? Great for deacons, great for, where's Rick? Great for bread for the world, right? Save me your preaching. Don't, don't bother reading me your statement of faith. Glad for your cognitions. Good goats for a lot of us. Goats in this room, right? A lot of us goaty passages in our life. The teachers say this extreme judgment, this terrible fire and burning Gehenna, the garbage heap outside of town, this awful feeling, uh, they suggest, because we're trying to care for our view of God, that it's like being on a family vacation in a car ride and things are tense in the car because we've left three hours later than we planned on. And some of you are saying three hours, I'd be glad for three hours, right? 
Uh, and it's noisy and the kids are fighting. And finally, they can't stand it anymore. And dad turns around and says, knock it off or I'll tie you to the roof of the car. And the car falls silent. No one in the car believes for a moment that it's really going to happen. Everyone gets the message. Passengers probably kind of smirking and maybe leaning over and poking in the thigh out of the view of the kids. Matthew and Jesus is in Matthew is extravagant and poetic and overstated hyperbolic. A lot of us in this room don't believe in a physical hell. That's all right with this pastor. We get the message, right? We get the judgment um, as well as the mercy. We had a great conversation last week in class. Come and join us at 1045 uh, about uh, discerning versus judging, about the importance of having some spine and judging of not just being everything's fine, but rather, especially in the community of faith, uh, getting a little rigorous and discerning what's up because we need to. If you've ever been a parent or a grandparent, you just know that's true. Uh, We're at tension today of law and grace. We're at tension of judging and discerning. Uh, When I was uh, in uh, high school, college, first coming to any theological awareness, uh, the book I'm Okay, You're Okay was big. I'm dating myself. Still quoted for decades after a real sense of, uh, don't be so judgmental. Use a broad table. We're all here. Let everyone in. Great, wonderful, flying directly in the face of, of course, Matthew's message, where even those who think they're in, Get a rude awakening on Judgment Day. I never knew you. Wow. Uh, Here's where your interim pastor gets very orthodox and Calvinist. Our faith is too spineless, and we need to have some more rigor about judgment on ourselves and others and discernment. It's required of us. If we're going to have biblical faith, then uh, I'm okay, you're okay, is just not enough. It feels good. It doesn't go far enough. There's plenty of other message from Jesus that we need to bring forward. My church in Littleton, where I served for 17 years, uh, Genesis, we had this as our uh, catchphrase after Genesis, outfitting authentic disciples. Thought that was great. Guess which of those world words uh, people had a problem with? Authentic implies inauthentic authentic implies we're making a value judgment and we're right at that tension of we want to bring everyone but yet we're saying a judgment a discerning piece about what would authentic faith be then right um same thing here we're mentioning last week about this we have our initial phrase at new hope of find a home everyone welcome big table and build a life do something with it. Do something with the God love that you have. Do something with that scandalous grace. There's expectations for you uh, as well. Good and bad fruit. I mentioned this before, I think back maybe in September when I was trying to describe my own faith journey. Because in college, private Presbyterian school in Spokane, in college, my first philosophy class I started to get a glimpse of openness of I'm okay you're okay let's not judge let's have God's love be what ties us together let's recognize that people are different 
and we want to all be together. Um, my first whiff of, uh, of unconditional positive regard, my, my first whiff of pluralism. And look, there's more than one way to look at this. And what was very formative that I was thinking of this week uh, was uh, Larry Yates, the professor, who leaned back after my little paragraph in class about something we were reading and said this. Um, Don, remember, uh, never confuse an open mind with an empty head. <laughs> Such a great line, especially for liberals to carry around. We're very good on inclusion and, and, and. The question is whether we're going to be biblical or not. There's a sometimes benign, I'm okay, you're okay, uh, versus that judgment that we know and we feel keenly can be exclusive and nasty and will shape our view of God and of ourselves. It's a problem. Talking about that tension today is all. It's a tension between tolerance and advocacy. Tolerance we can get most people on board with. We want a big table. Everyone's welcome at the table. How about folks who don't feel safe coming in this room? Then we start talking about uh, people of a different socioeconomic status than us, people with different gender identity. It's not, <laughs> bread for the world would suggest it's not enough to say everyone is welcome at King's Super to come and buy what any food they want. We'll accept anybody in here. It's not quite enough, is it? We learn no, there's some people for whom it's not working. We want to be advocates for them right for the poor for the disenfranchised for women for lgbtq what are we going to do since in practice tolerance isn't enough how do we go out of our way uh, to end up on the right side of matthew 25 it's a tension it makes us uncomfortable and then this the stories are together because they're both about fruit uh, and this, by your fruits you will know them, this very application, wonderful children's sermon, that again, God's judgment on you, not so much about purity and right words as what happens in your life. What are you doing for others? Can you get beyond your own narrow self-interest to be the kind of disciples Jesus calls us to be in the Gospels? Wow. By your fruits, um, you know, I get, if you, when you spend time in seminary and when you spend time reading your Twitter feed like I do, there's endless battles about purity. Who's got the right ideas? Who's not? Uh, it's a good reminder in Matthew that in the end, there's a highly bias towards application. Where does it land? Where does your view of God come out? And what does it turn you into as well? Beware what you think and believe. I want to finish with this image. Um, the Jesus Seminar in the 70s and 80s was the historical, in pursuit of the historical Jesus. You guys know a lot about Marcus Borg because he was Russ's favorite theologian and he got quoted all the time here about thin places. Uh, Marcus Borg had a great application bias as well. Where does this land in the faithful community? his view of uh, who Jesus was, where it goes. Dominic Crosson, another Catholic, was also part of that Jesus seminar. I was at a conference where there was a, I think this was uh, in, uh, in about 2000, and the downlink was new in the age of Zoom. 
nothing. The Dalek, we were all in a room and ooh, we could have the speakers from New York coming, high tech, high tech. So we're watching. And regarding this historical, to find out again who God is really, and in this case, who the historical Jesus was, what he is about, is a not dissimilar enterprise, right? There's not a lot of information. There's a lot of projection going on. So someone asked Professor Crossan, hey, are you really getting anywhere with this historical pursuit, who Jesus really was, or is it all just projection and what the committee, who are made of different people, what they're saying, and they find what they want to find? Great, great question, great academic question and about any history, right? Anything earlier than last week. Tell me about it and let's find out what you heard, what you see, what you're claiming is true, which we might not have evidence of. And what Crossan said was something like this. Rather than get defensive and acknowledge the bias, he said this. It's a little bit like going to a well. You look over the edge down into the dark past into the depths and it's too dark to really see clearly what there is but after a while your eyes become adjusted after a while you see more than you could initially of the rocks the surrounding of the well where it goes and eventually if you're lucky you see a glimmer you see some light it's at the water the water surface 10 20 50 feet down and what you see is strange because of the water's movement or the distance and you recognize that that light you see is in fact reflected light it's the light behind you entering the well and if you look more closely still you might see in that circle of light a person a figure and as you watch more carefully you begin to see it's you. It's your own watching presence leaning over the edge, straining to discern both you and not you, somehow alien, familiar. So Crossan says to us, it's my advice to you as we look for who God is, who Jesus is. Be well. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.